Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets. Food for thought and for the imagination. Whether it's for one personal individual for something in his or her life or whether it's something for an entire group of people or a nation. When the Lord is going to give us a word or is going to give a word, there are things that take place in the life of an individual It can be a life-changing experience, let's say Paul, throughout his entire ministry, everywhere he went. And when he testified and was before kings or was before people, he talked about the vision that he had. He talked about how Jesus had appeared unto him. And whether we're in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, people were given an experience It was life-changing. It was life-transforming. Now, many times in our lives, uh, when the Lord speaks to our heart or speaks to our lives, it may not be or even seem as spectacular as it does or has been in the life of some people. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking to be obedient We're looking to see what God has said and is saying to us at the present moment for the present circumstances or the situation that we find ourselves in. The examples of the Old Testament, the shadows and the types and all these things that are given given for our admonition, for our teaching, for our training, for our correction for our reproof, so that we can learn by and from these things. If we never heard the audible voice of God in an entire lifetime, that does not change the fact that God has given us His Word, His written Word, the Bible, the Scriptures, both Old and New Testament, to guide and direct the believer, and or... He has given us the Holy Spirit to provide an inner witness, an agreement to the things that he has spoken to. So we're not looking for the spectacular. We're not even seeking the spectacular. But we are seeking to be open in our hearts and in our ears when God does speak. And there should be a a or an attitude of sort as to how we respond to him. The the Old Testament gives us examples of, let's say, uh, Joshua or Samuel uh, or others when the Lord either appeared or was going to speak where they had different reactions as to how they responded to the situation or circumstance. Everything from like... Uh, Samuel, uh, believing that it was Eli that was calling him, even though it was the Lord himself, or Joshua falling to the ground the moment that he finds out who that individual that appeared to him is and uh, worshiping, uh, or let's say uh, uh, John, the Apostle John on the island of Patmos when he had the revelation of Jesus, and uh, he falls as one dead uh, unto the ground. In other words, uh, uh, like when people are slain in the spirit and they're, 
they're on the ground and they don't know what to do. Uh, uh, different, different ways that people respond. But let's look at the story of Joshua for a moment. In uh, chapter 5, in verse 13, it says, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with, a, with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him, and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but the captain, or but as the captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Now remember, they had already been given a commandment. Nobody and no one other than God himself was to be worshipped. And Joshua, right from the onset, when he had... And, and, and I like the way that it, it, it's written. It, it says... When Joshua lifted up his eyes, he looked, and behold. So, so what he saw, and when he was looking at, what with his physical eyes, was something that caught his attention, and it was enough to catch his attention, so that he is the one that did the approaching. The angel did not come to him, but he went over there. And I say the angel, the angel of the Lord, uh, or the captain of the, the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And, and it seems to be that many times when the presence of the Lord is surrounding us or is in our midst, that the first thing that one wants to do is worship. You recognize that there is a holiness. You recognize that there is a, a, a greatness or an awesomeness of some sort present. And in that, you sense that you, you need to worship. You need to give God the due reverence and respect that he is worthy of. If we have been created for his praise, for his honor, and for his glory, then an act of worship should be just as natural and as normal as breathing. To think of worship as something that we do when we go to church and when we're gathered with other believers is to be mistaken because Jesus said that the Father was looking for those that would worship him in the book of John in chapter 4. He told them, or he, he said unto the Samaritan woman, God is seeking those that will worship him in spirit 
and in truth. Those that will worship him according to the word of God and will worship him in the spirit. Worship is of the spirit. It has to be. Because God is a spirit. Now, praise involves and includes the human soul because there can be emotion. There can be rational thinking. And there has to be an act of the will. And we can call that something that comes forth out of our soul. But our spirit is the only one that can have contact and connection with God himself because he is a spirit. And therefore, he can communicate to us in worship what he needs to communicate and we can communicate to him what needs to be communicated. Paul talked about he served God with his spirit. Paul talked about walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and worshiping in the Spirit. So if these things are done in the Spirit, then we have to find out, we have to learn that worship is going to take place not as an act of the physical realm as much as an act of the spiritual realm. In other words, it's going to involve embracing things that one is normally not accustomed to. I know that many times in, in church we're told, let's worship the Lord. But in, in reality, many times it's praise that the people are offering. It's something that's coming out of their head or something that's coming out of their, their mind, uh, when I say their head, I'm, I'm thinking they're thinking, which is fine, but that's praise. But when it comes to worship, it's something that is deep fellowship and communion of spirit with spirit. And that's why we're told to have fellowship with the Lord. We're told to have fellowship with the Father, have fellowship with the Son, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. In all of these things, whether we're reading uh, the book of 1 John in chapter 1, in the first few verses where we where it talks, we have fellowship with the Father and the Son, or whether it's 2 Corinthians chapter 13 at the end of the verse, where it talks about having communion with the Holy Spirit, that is the word fellowship, or the word koinonia that is used, exact same word that is used in the book of 1 John, uh, koinonia, that is the word that is used of believers having koinonia one with another. There is a fellowship of our spirit with spirit. Yes, there's things that we do in the natural, things that we do with our thinking, things that we do with our emotion. But we're talking about instantly. Like here, it wasn't some routine. It wasn't some uh, uh, pattern of organized uh, things at step one, step two, step three. But it simply just says, And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did 
worship. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, from our recollections, those that have uh, read the book of Exodus and uh, chapter 3, we come to the conclusion that when Moses also approached the burning bush, of course the burning bush wasn't going to approach him, so Moses approached the bush just as Joshua approached the captain of the Lord of hosts, and they were both told to loose the shoes from off their feet for the place whereupon they were was holy. Let's look at it in this context. They were literally told, or 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 if we look at it in 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 more of a spiritual attitude, they were literally told, "Your spiritual walk is not going to involve a natural walk right now. In approaching God, it's not a matter of how you're walking in the natural. It's a matter of how you're walking in the spirit. Loose." your shoes, and now walk before him in the very place where he now is at, and that place is holy. Many times, as we open up a service or conclude a service or getting up in the morning, I love to consider three things. I go, I like to thank God for for all of his goodness, for all the good things that he has done in our lives. I like to praise Him and, and, and just get happy with my soul because of how great and how awesome He is. But then at the same time, there comes a recollection. God is holy. He is a holy God. And that only brings one attitude, and that is worship, to worship Him. Therefore, when the angel told him, or the captain of the Lord of hosts told him, Loose your shoes from your foot, for the place whereupon you stand is holy, then that means the very presence of the captain of the Lord of hosts there made that place holy. Remember, as we learned about the altars and the gifts and the offerings and the temple and all that, that it is the presence of God that makes the altar. It is the presence of God that makes the temple. Uh, the temple without the presence of God is just an empty building. That's all it is. Uh, an altar without God sanctifying it and, and making it holy makes our, act, our, 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 our acts of sacrifice or our giving to Him uh, actually null and void because they're not holy, remember. We're presenting them to a holy God. And he definitely had some complaints about the people of Israel, the whole nation, in the book of Malachi concerning the sacrifices that they were bringing to that altar. They could not be considered holy. They could not be received because of the condition that they were bringing them in. But nonetheless, God's altar was holy. And... uh it was being polluted 
and God needs to be worshipped. He needs to be attended to with reverence, with respect, with a fear of deep, deep knowing that he is holy. And because he is, then there has to be an attitude that changes in our lives. Well, we seem to run out of time. Tomorrow we'll pick up along these lines as we look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 12 onward where John uh, has his vision and he sees Jesus walking amongst the candlesticks. But until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draws near. The Lord richly and fully bless you. Consider some time of worship.